Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome. It's a finish strong Friday at Newsbusters. Pilot to bombardier, pilot to bombardier, commence bombing. Or maybe, for us older folks, we begin bombing in five minutes. Uh, so to, at 1 p.m. on Thursday, we were all treated to another January 6th committee proceeding. There were no witnesses testifying. Wasn't really a traditional hearing. I guess that they announced that at the beginning. Look, this was basically a Democratic Party TV program airing for free on pretty much every national channel devoted to what they call public affairs. Now, none of us are saying that the committee needed to be fair and balanced by hearing some testimony in favor of rioting and pummeling police. But it is quite clear at this point, and especially after this hearing at this late date in the election season, the Democrats are milking this frightening afternoon as a midterm campaign issue. Um, look, I, I was post posting this on Twitter yesterday. The Democratic Governors Association is sending out fundraising appeals yesterday morning before the hearing. 8, 12 a.m. Team, with just 26 days until Election Day, this is the final January 6th hearing. Trump and his closest allies have never been closer to facing justice. So send money. We're working to reelect 13 Democratic governors, win in battleground states, and flip red states blue. We need your grassroots support. Then just 90 minutes later, they did it again with another appeal, more overt on the begging for money. Team, we're closer than ever to holding Trump accountable for his crimes. But Mary Trump has put out an urgent warning about Trumpism in the states. And then there's a quote. Uh, over a picture of Dr. Mary Trump. You can see my uncle's fingerprints all over the list of GOP nominees up and down the ballot in key races across the country. Now, there was no disclosure where they said, yeah, we, um, we backed the Trumpers up and down the ballot so we could have this general election fundraising pitch and scare Democrats and hopefully win easier. And then in their January 6th pitch, there are only a few days left on our 3X blue firewall match. And you still haven't made a donation to help us hit our $650,000 mid-month goal. Will you listen to Mary Trump's warning by rushing $3 or more to protect our democracy and defeat Trump's mega extremists? Yeah. What a Democrat hootenanny. Well... Joining in to discuss the final Pelosi-picked panel propaganda push is our own Newsbusters managing editor, Curtis Houck. Welcome, Curtis. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Mm -hmm. So they had this stunt, the big news out of this, I guess, that they voted 9-0. to zero. What? They're unanimous? I know, right? To it's subpoena Trump. It's like this was all choreographed, like Nancy Pelosi and the news media wanted it to. You know, I mean, I think that's the point. Um, a lot of people pointed out in the coverage since then, you know, oh, Donald Trump is saying on Truth Social, why didn't they subpoena me earlier? Right. Uh, correct. Yeah, good question. Co correct. <laughs> uh, like, this is not whining or, you know, kvetching. This is... Uh, 
an astute political point for all of Trump's bloviating. That is an uh, astute point. Like, if he is such a central figure to all of this, why was he not subpoenaed to begin with? But because we know they're all working together, you know, hand in glove, you know, especially, you know, CNN and MSNBC, this has been their Super Bowl. This has been their winter and summer Olympics put together, (laughs) you know, with multiple days of coverage. Multiple panels, you know, they had Sarah Matthews on yesterday who uh, signed on with uh, Adam Kinzinger's Super PAC. Uh, Lisa she Farrow, was on, oh, on CNN? On CNN, and Olivia Troy was on CNN as well, and they brought Rachel Maddow back, you know, since she only is usually supposed to be on there on Mondays, but they've dragged her out. You know, it's like when Brian Williams first came back. When Brian comes out, it would be a big news day. Breaking news. Breaking big news. we got to get Brian out here now. It's we got to get Rachel out here, and, and that's kind of what it was yesterday. So we knew it was ridiculous, and I, and I was saying to you earlier that they began the meeting, Benny Thompson did, by saying, Oh, this isn't like they weren't having witnesses. This is a work session, I think, was or uh, a meeting of the committee or something. There was some very informal term used. So basically, it's not an official meeting of a government committee to discern or flesh anything out. Yeah, I mean, I think committees do have work sessions. And what that means is, you know, maybe they're moving to get, you know, they're putting a budget together or something. Yeah, Yeah. markups. yeah. Yeah, but, you know. Usually that's not scintillating TV. I mean, obviously this is consequential. Yeah. But this whole series of programs and this is televised hearing number nine, two of them in prime time, uh, all of them designed to hit a political point. And, And you could argue with Cheney and Kinzinger. Oh, it's a bipartisan effort to ruin Trump forever. Okay, but again, <laughs> right. it's still a very political effort. Now, you probably saw the other thing that Trump started saying on Truth Social, and that is, you know, that he would enjoy testifying. Because, right. yeah, it's uh, a Super Bowl. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll see about that. Well, I, look, this is kind of what that sounds like to, I think, to the Trump base, especially, again, if you're an older voter. Uh, did you see Oliver North in the Iran-Contra hearings? It was excellent. You know, they they thought right. they really had Oliver North, and it became a folk hero out of the Iran-Contra hearing. So he's probably saying, I'll look even better to my voters. Robert Kavanaugh. <laughs> he talked about beer. I will talk about live golf. <laughs> Jeez. You know, Yikers, and, yes. And Greg Norman. Uh, but, like, I, I think that was the point. It, it was so predictable it was so boring they kept trying to make this into something or as you like to say they're trying to make fetch happen they're trying to make fetch happen and (laughs) and it's just it it was not happening yesterday and really the new information that we learned there were two things because i watched this at all yesterday so you don't have to the first one was the secret service allegedly had intel before the before january 6th the day itself that things were not looking good in terms of people bringing weapons to the Capitol and plans for the Proud Boys to not go through the metal detectors and said march around the the uh, the rally itself um, and those kind of those sorts of things. So that, but that's a separate question, you know, for the Secret Service. And I think that's kind of the thing that Republicans, I think, if we're on the committee, yes. would focus more on yes. you know, the response of the Capitol Police, the response of the National Guard and the Speaker and the of the response, House and the Speaker of the House and the response of the Secret Service. So all forms of law enforcement, local, 
district since it's not a state and federal law enforcement. I think that would have been more of their focus. So when they got to that, I was like, okay, this is like, but of course you waited until the very, very end instead of make this and you made it just kind of a sidebar. And then the other main part was showing dramatic footage, which was then uh, more of it was then shared on CNN exclusively with Jake Tapper via HBO, via uh, Christine Pelosi, Alexandra, uh, Alexandra Pelosi, Alexandra Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's daughter, who was uh, had her camp phone out, you know, uh, taping her mom going down the steps and working with all of these members of Congress to tr- and Mike Pence and the other Trump administration officials, Chris Miller, to try and get the proceedings back on track and get the Capitol cleared. Okay, but the whole point of it was clearly not to show that both sides were working together uh, amidst the chaos, which they should have shown. They should have shown the stuff in the first hearing. But instead, what it was was to puff up Nancy Pelosi and puff up the Democrats to show Chuck Schumer's doing stuff. Nancy Pelosi's doing stuff. They're in control. There was a Kaiser Health News correspondent who tweeted like something to the effect of don't let anybody again question the competency and the leadership and the stamina of nancy pelosi based on watching this video and that right there exactly showed why this was all a crock well and 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 i think we all understand you know it, i think we did see some footage of of pence um and yeah, and so bit. on and it's like there's there's absolutely a public interest in seeing how the democratic team was responding in real time yes yeah, small d but but the, uh, I think we can all imagine, Curtis, that if we were like, here's some excellent video of Trump taken by Eric Trump that we're putting on Hannity, <laughs> and and oh. and that would be seen by the Democrats as propaganda. This is this is a film of Nancy Pelosi by her daughter, who is a filmmaker, who has made a bunch of stuff for HBO, which again tells you a lot about the tilt of HBO. This is like. The Maria Shriver of HBO, maybe <laughs> maybe brighter than Maria Shriver, which isn't yeah. a big stretch. Yeah, that's not hard. That's not hard to do. She couldn't figure out I was cheating with the maid. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I was cheating with Matthew Dowd. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. But it's it's uh, so I don't mind the idea of seeing them in real time, and obviously we can sympathize with them feeling embattled by the by the mob. And we can sympathize with Pence feeling embattled by the mob and and them having the courage to say, we need to stay here and do this thing. Uh, But yes, it it still elides that issue, which is not the the Pelosi picked panel is never going to spend time saying, what did Pelosi do in the lead up that she that that the Capitol was left so undefended that they could be so obviously overwhelmed? She and the mayor of Washington, D.C., clearly didn't want to have a big police showing. And then afterwards, I mean, we had the fences up at the Capitol for months. So, yeah, and that's kind of the thing. Um, John Miller, uh, the you know, he's the guy who kind of basically pinballs between all the different networks yeah. and the NYPD. Like he was with ABC News on 9-11, then he was back with the NYPD, or he was with the NYPD before, then he was with ABC, then he was, it's, it's all back and forth. Now he's with CNN. And... He made that point. He he pointed that out. It was kind of tucked in last night on CNN Tonight with Camerata and Laura Coates, which was he made the point that, yeah, they kind of did this because, you know, the police had come off of a year of being berated and disrespected and 
This was, again, this was early 2021. So we're just coming off of still in the throes of the Democratic Party collectively calling for the defunding of police. Mm -hmm. And that we don't, you know, military equipment, you know, wearing ar body armor is scary. You're militarizing the, the police force. You right. know, we've heard this in Ferguson and Baltimore and everywhere else that— uh, we don't want the police to look scary. And so that's exactly what they did in January 2021. And that's what led to problems. So again, my point is the news media should be reacting to this hearing by looking at the helpful information and even that documentary video, leave the partisan nature of it aside. Why wasn't this shown at the beginning? Why wasn't there more drilled down on this? And the answer, which they know the answer to, but they won't admit to is because this is a completely partisan affair down to the fact that they had all each of the nine committee members speak yesterday, mm -hmm. give these like testimonies, uh, you know, and show how poorly they can read a teleprompter because their eyes can just be followed like zoom, zoom, zoom. Hey, let me ask you this. I mean, you were you mentioned that CNN brought in Sierra Matthews and and so on. Uh, I'm going to guess there was no like Scott Jennings or uncooperative analysts on CNN? Uh, well, I believe our one friend, uh, Mark Burns, or, oh gosh, I, can't, I forgot his name, and if you're listening, I'm really sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I believe 770 The Answer, I think, in Houston. Okay. Uh, they had him on with Coates and Camerata last night. Um, well, that's, that's but, something. But, yeah. I, I'm just saying, if you were yeah. watching CNN during the... I mean, did they have any breaks where they came in and talked during the hearing yesterday, or was it all one yeah. one piece? It was one. I mean, they had one break in the middle of it, uh, in the middle of it, which is what they usually do. Yeah, where usually had, where they had like a ten pundit break. Was, they had a pundit break, exactly. So they had that, but um, uh, but other than that, I mean, it was really was just straight through. So it was, so it ran from like one o'clock to like four o'clock or something like that see and that's where i would like to say that if you let's say it was three hours well then that's let's just obviously everybody at home is going to pick a channel but if you think about it it's three hours of a free airtime on abc three on cbs three on nbc three on msnbc three on cnn three on fox three on pbs three on npr three on c-span three on you know washington post live i mean it goes mm -hmm. on and on and on and on yeah and, you know, one of the points I made yesterday was these are networks that have done the CBS has done two anchor briefs on the John Durham probe. Oh, you know, I mean, it's 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 that dramatic. There's such a dramatic imbalance, um, you know, that uh, they never wanted to cover the Benghazi hearings, which is similar, I think, to the to the Capitol riot. They never wanted to cover it unless Hillary was testifying. So, right. So, yes, just. The, we want to underline the idea that the live coverage itself, not just yesterday, but nine hearings worth of live coverage, is in itself a, a to me, proof of the way that the Democrats control the national right. media. Right, and we should just say two things. One, Fox carried the ones that weren't in prime time. But right. remember the, the That's fact that seven of them. The, the fact that they didn't carry two of them, it was the end of it should be the end of Fox News because they're not the free press because they didn't do what the Democrats wanted them to do. And then the second point is Mark Davis, our friend Mark Davis of 660 a.m. in Dallas, Texas, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth area. He did go on with Laura and uh, Allison Camerata last night. Oh, good. So, so that's, well, that's who he was. That's a solid check the box. That's a solid check the box. Uh, I think that the 
the, 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 the point to bring this all around is that watch if the Republicans take the House and maybe the Senate, watch how there will never be a House Republican hearing into anything, getting live coverage. I mean, obviously we can state for the record There'll be none of it on the regular broadcast networks, that's for sure. But I think right. we're even going to have trouble. You won't see live coverage of a Republican House hearing into anything on CNN or MSNBC. Unless Hunter year. Biden himself shows up, I think maybe that's the only way you could get some coverage. Yeah. Like, for example, Tony Bobolinsky is probably going to be somebody that they'll bring forward. Yeah. Tony Bobolinsky is getting triple zeros across the board already. So, right. What's I, I, it's highly doubtful that a hearing, uh, from the oversight committee is going to draw anything, you know, with with that so, or any of these other witnesses whatsoever. Because I, I think that's a a really good example. Or the border hearings, right? With Mayorkas. The, that's another major point. I think those are probably the two major things that House Republicans are going to look to have hearings of about Hunter Biden and about the border. Yeah, right. And there. So what we're we're going to see the same pattern we always have which is, you know, PBS was running the Watergate hearings live during the day and then they re-ran them at night because of their PBS. You know, PBS <laughs> PBS ran the Iran-Contra hearings, you know, uh, because the Democrats were running them. Um, and we've always made this point. You know, in, in 1997, when the House wanted to investigate Clinton and Gore taking foreign contributions from the Chinese, sounds like Chinese collusion in our elections, Uh-oh. foreign interference... Uh, they they not only wouldn't show those hearings live, but they would suggest that it was a complete waste of time and the taxpayers' money. That's kind of what I'm assim- uh, assuming is going to happen next year. Now, on MSNBC, I guess this was Nicole Wallace talking to Maddow. She said this yesterday. I think the committee has been driven since the beginning by true investigative principles. And the politics are clear. Democracy is now a top three issue for all voters and especially independents. What? Actually, Politico reported on Thursday, this might shock Nicole Wallace, overall, less than 2% of all broadcast TV spending in House races has gone toward January 6 ads. That's a, that's a very interesting number. Then, on CNN.com, ultra hack Stephen Collinson uh, wrote an angry oh, no. piece. He, uh, headline, voters may care more about the cost of French fries than the January 6th panel's compelling evidence. Oh, no, 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 no. So I, it's not a central issue. They, they want it to be a central issue, but it's just not. Yeah, the problem, there's a couple issues here. The one is the NBC poll, yeah, it claimed like democracy issues or whatever were at the top. The latest poll, but the problem with that is how do you define that? Right. What do conservatives? Because conservatives obviously have problems about what the left is doing. You know, the in terms of democracy issues, I think conservatives would define that as censorship. I think, and the and and what some people see as the criminalization of dissent. I think is right. That's so you're what saying they, their poll didn't say is January six an issue. They said is democracy democracy an issue. is democracy an issue, and I think that's kind of and CBS has kind of done this same thing. You know, and then the other deceptive point that I've seen generally is they a lot some of these polls separate inflation in just the economy in general. Oh yeah. Or like gas prices and inflation. Like 
Whereas very clearly, if you combine those two or three issues together into one thing, it obviously catapults it over anything else by not just a little bit, but by a massive margin. Because all of these are budget issues, kitchen table issues. If you just condense that, consolidated the, all those things together, it would still be the number one issue. Uh, you know, with maybe democracy being there and also crime as well being there. Um, so I, I think that's a little bit deceptive at best. But, you know, it's, this is the meltdown that we're seeing. You know, Stephen Collison, who's just the absolute worst, you wonder when he's going to go. If Chris Licht actually wants to have a real yeah. network and a real website. <laughs> Stephen Collison is like the Brian Stelter and Jim Acosta and John Harwood rolled into one. Yeah, that's on, true. On CNN.com, our friend Steve Krakauer writes about him all the time pointing out did you see this from Collison can you believe this guy it's very ranty it, it is like you know it's like Brian Stelter's opening monologue uh, you know in right. tone so obviously if you were yeah if you were saying we can't have the people here that are right. branded as the uh, anti-Trump wackos Stephen Collison is on that list now you made this point yesterday as we talk about inflation um, you know we're noticing when they do stories on inflation there's really not much of a political component. We, we found the PBS NewsHour, Jeffrey Clark wrote about this. They did a seven-minute segment on inflation, and the word Biden never came up. And that's, that's the way it happens. But you made this point yesterday. Guys, watch here on the morning shows. They're going to spend more time on January 6th than they do on the breaking new consumer price index, up 8.2%. So that is what you found and what yeah. Kevin found. Yeah. Uh, so this was so we'll we'll start first with uh, the Thursday morning shows, which is the preview of the inflation report, which the pregame show, the pregame show to the inflation report. But except the problem is with these networks, they don't really then at 830 then mention the inflation number. You might get something on the third hour of today, and I'm sure you probably get something on GMA three. What you need to know at like 1 p.m. Yeah. Except would have would have been. Uh, postponed yesterday unless oh that's right yeah with the committee hearing never mind exactly so uh and also the timing of that how about that you have a january 6th committee hearing the day the inflation report is supposed to come out isn't that great yeah um good point so what we found what i found was on gma on thursday we found five minutes and 15 seconds on january 6th and the mar-a-lago so basically trump prosecuting trump i guess Three minutes and 15 seconds, so two minutes less on inflation. CBS yesterday with the perpetually January 6th-obsessed Scott McFarlane, three minutes and 46 seconds on Trump issues. Inflation, zero. Zero. Yeah, how do you get through the entire CBS morning show without mentioning inflation on a day like this? And and I would say if you're a breaking news show— you should absolutely be giving people the latest inflation numbers at 8.30 or 8.35. That that should not, even if you were going to do it for 30 seconds. CBS Mornings is not GMA in terms of uh, GMA is too busy doing steals and deals and cooking and interviewing uh, whatever Disney star doing their latest act of corporate whoring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what makes it even more ridiculous is, especially you can definitely see the bias when one network gets the picture which is what Today Show did. Today Show had three minutes and 49 seconds on Trump, prosecuting Trump. Eight minutes, 34 seconds on inflation. So there were three full reports 
on inflation. But of course, they didn't blame Biden. But the point is that they touched on it and said that this was an issue. And, and this it, is and where it led you, the newscast. This is where you sort of said, well, gosh, it wrecked what we would have expected, which was like right. the, the networks across the board doing like three to one or five to one. They actually... Right quote-unquote, ruined the curve. Right. We tell you when that happens. We tell you when that happens, and it still led to, uh, it still combined for one minute more, 12.50 to 11.50, Trump versus inflation. However, of course, as I said, about more, about 72% of that inflation number came from NBC. So then we go to Kevin, what Kevin had last night. NBC, or ABC's World News Tonight. Eight minutes and six seconds on January 6th in Trump. Inflation, 45 seconds. I mean... Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's, that is just monumental. That number, I don't know. What is that? Like, it's probably like eight times the size or yeah. something crazy like yeah. that. That's just bonkers. Yeah. Uh, so then CBS... Uh, and NBC weren't better, reading from Kevin's blog here. CBS dedicated 5 minutes and 10 seconds to January 6th and 2 minutes and 30 seconds on inflation. So about 5.10 to 2.30. Okay. So still that's more than, it's about double. Uh, NBC, 3 minutes and 41 seconds on January 6th and 2.27 on inflation. So kind of, they still the had more, balanced. but it was closer to the closer to the center, just over a minute apart. But the 806 to 45 seconds is just absolutely insane. Yeah, ABC wins the prize, if you can call it that. David Muir had a briefing just like, oh my gosh, there's this thing. Okay, bye. You know, and this is the point where that I get to here. These people are so out of touch that they want you to think that January 6th, something that happened two years ago that everybody understands was a bad day. The two of us have talked about this a lot, what we feel about that mm -hmm. day and how terrible it was and what a horrible thing it was for conservatives and that people should be taken care of. But then the issue then became they don't care about you trying to make ends meet. You have debts to pay off. You have grocery bills to pay. You have to find a way to pay for gas. And they want this January 6th committee to be more important in your life in terms of your news diet and your focus and what you vote on than your wallet and now, your livelihood. Now, when you see these inflation stories, um, generally the ones I see when they do stories on inflation, they're not really like, uh, they're certainly not about policy because they never want to say, at least they're not saying, hey, look, the Inflation Reduction Act is working because they can't. Right. But they, it always seems to me where it's like, it's more the inflation stories are like, well, Food prices are up 15%. Colleen's done a lot more coupon clipping, and she goes to three different supermarkets looking for the weekly bargains, which is not a political story. Right. So you're kind of, you know, I, I talk about this a lot, trying to answer, you know, basic journalism should be able to answer the who, what, where, when, why, and how. You're not answering the why. Yeah. You're doing, you know, the who, what, where, when. You're not doing the why, and you're not really doing the how either. You know, and this was the same thing. You did see a little bit of this with the baby formula crisis. You're not seeing this with inflation. You're not seeing this with fentanyl. That's another issue where Biden is just simply detached from the issue. He's just not present. This is a thing that is just happening. And, yeah. and the media 
it, it's just so irresponsible. And this is inflation here, the coverage of this. I think this is definitely not a partisan explanation. You know, what we're talking about is just general media criticism that I think people that, unless you're like inside the White House, should be able to step back and point out how the American people are not being served well by the news media in terms of providing a comprehensive explanation and look at inflation. Well, but part of it is this is one of my generalized complaints. You know, when you discuss with your your friends and your family what's wrong with the news media, um, you want to say to them, maybe while you're watching it, now let's wait to hear a Republican soundbite. Let's try to hear a Biden or Democrat critical soundbite because they're pretty rare. And so when you're doing a story on inflation, it's Colleen's coupon clipping. You're not expecting a Republican uh, counterpoint. But again, these January 6 hearings last night, we were watching NBC Nightly News because Mrs. Graham tends to like to watch NBC Nightly News and, until I start yelling at it. Uh, there's no, and now Jim Jordan, to talk about how this committee's a joke. And that, that viewpoint is absolutely not allowed. Now, the uh, let me bring it around to this then, Curtis, because you did a piece about wokeness uh, that went on for eight minutes on CBS Mornings, uh, and it seemed a little unfocused. Yeah. But the question is this. So, so this was yesterday morning, right? So you're saying to me, let's do the, the contrast with that. They did zero on inflation yesterday. Yes. And an eight-minute thing going after DeSantis? Eight and a half minutes, yes. <laughs> eight and a half minutes on Tony DeCoppel, who is a socialist. Kyle, our former colleague Kyle Drennan did a whole thing about how he was upset about people not understanding socialism when it comes to a pizza pie when he went to a shopping mall right before COVID. And he was like, oh, they've taken, the British have taken this much why can't we have this? Should we take more from that? Very pro Elizabeth Warren. Very pro Elizabeth Warren. His parents were druggies and everything else. <laughs> very big on, he loves talking about pot and how great pot is. Anyway, but the point is, he's like, "What is woke?" You know, I mean, he gets so mad about that. Um, he said, "We're going to explore what that really means because Republicans are using the word woke in their effort to sum up the battle for America's future." So it starts off by talking about DeSantis. Complaining about DeSantis. DeSantis has his own fight song, and he has a Top Gun ad, and he talks about wokeness a lot. Uh, Rick Scott is talking about wokeness a lot. So why is Florida talking about woke a lot? You know, but then it kind of, as I was saying, it's a little disjointing because then it becomes this thing with this uh, college professor from the University of Virginia where James Davison Hunter, who wrote this book about culture war yes, in that's 1991 from the, from the 90s right and he goes on to say oh this is a dog whistle that goes back to the culture war and of course then they play clips of newt gingrich from the early 90s and charlton heston and it's like oh this is so tiresome they crap. really should have had jesse helms in there talking about you know uh maple thorpe's photographs putting a whip up his anus you know that <laughs> but they, they could never talk about that with any specificity it's the same thing we see today with books yeah with, that they can't ever tell you what the actual controversy is about because we can't tell you that on television well if they can't tell you that on television maybe it's inappropriate for six-year-olds maybe maybe i mean and so then it goes on to talk about oh, the left and right don't really agree on anything anymore the right says the left is evil and the 
uh, the right says the left is evil and the left says conservatives and Republicans and the right doesn't think we're human beings. So that's grounds for violence. But of course, their definition of violence, then they play B-roll footage of January 6th. And then at the end of the piece, Tony DeCopel back in studio talks about how, you know, his book, Hunter's book came out and then there was a right wing attack just days after the book came out at an abortion clinic. So their idea of political, their idea of political violence is right wingers. And Gail King says this cannot be overlooked. This has to be a top issue. And in that again, in that piece was the suggestion that actually voters care more about this than the economy. You know, which Gail King is able to say when she makes, you know, $20 million or something like that a year. The queen of CBS Mornings. Yeah, the queen of CBS News, you know, makes tens of millions of dollars. And this is very terrifying. This is very upsetting. <laughs> I think Tony DeCope ought to take his pie over to Gail and say, how come you're eating all the pizza? You get all the money. You get all the money, and they get paid just a couple million bucks here and there. You know, Nate Burleson, the former NFL player, doesn't really need that kind of money. Um, but... Uh, so it was kind of this very disjointed thing. So objectively, I was like, so you're starting with like DeSantis and what is woke? And you asked Rick Scott to define woke. And in my opinion, he kind of waffled and it wasn't very good. He's a politician. Yeah, it was kind of. Uh, He's and, no DeSantis in and, describing it. And then he goes to this Hunter guy talking about it's a dog whistle, you know, talking about woke is a dog I'm whistle. so tired of the dog whistle. Dog whistle this, dog whistle that. And then it goes to political violence. The right began to use it as a kind of dog whistle for anyone on the left and anything that smacked of progressive politics. What is your general thesis here? Like you had eight and a half minutes to kind of form, you know, an argument and get to your point here. And you were trying to do multiple different things at once. You you know, you put the round uh, peg in the uh, round hole and then you try to put a square peg in in the round hole. Then you try to put a triangular peg in the the round hole and it's not working. (laughs) They're trying to make fetch happen. Yes. Now, before we go, I want to make sure we uh, point out, before we go bye-bye, we do want to encourage you to check out the Brittany Hughes Show from MRC-TV. You can get it wherever you listen to podcasts. And it's on YouTube and Rumble. She does it on video. I'm not that courageous. Uh, Brittany (laughs) is ready to rumble. (laughs) She is. She's been rumbling. She's been rumbling for a few years. So so, uh, if you've been a longtime supporter of Newsbusters and the Newsbusters podcast, what are you doing? Yes, I would just say this. So let's close on this thought, Curtis. We here at Newsbusters have never been guilty of dog whistling. When we want to say something stupid, we just say it up front. Yeah, we just we just say it up front. I mean, that's kind of the point. We like honesty is the best policy. I think that's what's really important with us. And we also want to say that we don't think our supporters are dogs. That seems to be what it's suggesting. Mm, yeah, no. Your base are a bunch of stupid animals. Yeah, I don't think we're... We value our uh, readers. We love when you guys read and reach out to us and when we get to meet some of you. uh, Yeah, we don't think you're idiots. Like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) Like, we all have different opinions because we're all individually created by God, so we're not going to have identical views. Um, But we don't think you're idiots, whereas the left thinks... Their own side is idiots. They need to be dragged along. This is why we always try to say, the first thing you should say to anybody the minute the words dog whistle come out of their mouth, how dehumanizing, how you have degraded fine Americans into a cocker spaniel <laughs> or you know, what, name your dog breed of choice. Yeah, you're talking about the coarsening of our political discourse. You know, how come we how come the two sides don't see each other as human beings 
you know, and you cue the SpongeBob guy a few moments earlier. <laughs> yeah. They're using dog whistle terminology. Like, what? Yeah, so we are in favor of just saying what you think. We don't, we're not phony and saying divisiveness is a problem. No, we're all about stating plainly what's best for America. It's a little conservatism, a little uh, conservative journalism. We need a little bit more of that in this country because that's what we try to do at Newsbusters. Come to us once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.